0: Every day, traders and investors dive in to tackle the ever-changing
1: markets to find opportunity. Futures Radio Show is your number one source for answers to the questions that all market participants want to ask. Veteran futures
0: trader Anthony Crudelli sits down with the most influential leaders and top traders in the industry. Now, here's your host, Anthony Crudelli. What's up, everybody? Anthony Crudelli here, and thank you for tuning in for this episode with Said Zayman. Futures Radio Show is sponsored by CME Group, the world's leading and most diverse futures and options exchange. CME Group's markets help individuals and businesses around the world effectively manage risk. For access to free educational tools and resources for the active individual trader, please visit activetrader.cmegroup.com. Remember, new shows are posted on Mondays and Thursdays. And you may have noticed lately, I've changed that routine up a little bit. With everybody on lockdown, once I record an interview, I've been putting it out right away. So be sure to follow me on social media and get on our email list to be notified when new shows do come out. I will go back to regularly scheduled shows on those dates as soon as we are off lockdown. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you're enjoying the show, please leave a review on iTunes. This show is also sponsored by Trading Technologies, FTSE Russell, and RJO Futures. To learn about some great offers from these sponsors, please visit futuresradioshow.com slash sponsors. Today I spoke with independent trader Saeed Zayman. We had a fun conversation today about trading. I recently did a YouTube video on the flow of trading. And when I was flipping through Twitter a day or two after, I stumbled upon SZ's homepage. And at the top, he had a picture that said plan. Then in a box, it said waiting. And underneath it, it said, this is when you screw up, then trigger. And that reminded me so much of my recent video when I said, we don't talk about trade anticipation enough. So I invited SZ on the show today to talk about the flow of trading mindset preparation anticipation execution and last but not least we did a rapid fire segment of five markets he's anticipating trades in right now so without further ado let me take you right to the interview with sc trader sz welcome back to the
1: show thanks for having me on Anthony. again
0: (laughs) it's well it's great to have you back and i wanted to have you back on the show today because Just the other day, I put out a video called The Flow of Trading, and in that video, I talked about mindset, preparation, anticipation, and execution, and I was really stressing a lot about anticipation, what we do after we prepare while we're waiting to execute a trade, and I was going through some tweets just the other day when I was having a little wine out on my patio, and and I saw that you had put a tweet out, and I actually clicked on your profile, and I hadn't been to your home Twitter page in a while, and at the top, it says "Plan." And then in a big white box, it says waiting. This is where you screwed up. And then trigger. And I just started cracking up. I'm like, you know what? I have to ask ask SC if he'll come back on the show uh, to chat with me because I just don't think we talk about anticipation enough. Uh, You know, we all talk about preparation all the time. Everybody's talking about how they're going to prepare for a trade, but we don't talk about that phase where we're anticipating a trade, where a lot of traders tend to get in, in, in a little bit of trouble during that phase. So before we get into all of the phases, I want to talk about uh, mindset, preparation, anticipation, and execution. Let's start with mindset. What is your mindset before you even get into a trade? Talk to us about your rules, your instincts, just things that go through your head before you begin to even prepare.
1: <clears throat> what I see? I mean, I think – stuff like that usually comes as you mature as a trader t- down the line you know when you first start out it's always the charts all about the charts the entry where do i get in but you know your entries and your, your trading is nothing or going to be rubbish without proper planning and for me i learned the hard way obviously as most do but yeah i mean with the entries and stuff i mean that's just rinse and repeat you know your strategy you know your strategy but it's when to use that strategy and when not to use it so that's where you know now years down the line a lot of my work and the hard part or what i consider real trading is the planning planning and planning and waiting so unless you have a clear plan you're gonna mess up so having a clear plan ahead and then actually following that plan it's easier said than done isn't it like you know yeah i've got the setup but then that waiting period where tr- wait for that trigger. That's where, you know, that's where I think most fail. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that
0: is where most traders fail because as traders, we always think we see edges. So we end up stepping in, even though it's not according to our plan and we are all guilty of it. But I want, I want to get into that here in a little bit, but what I, what I want to start off with is really the mindset. Do you have a specific set of rules And I'm not talking about rules for your strategy. I'm talking about rules for your trading.
1: I mean, it's going to sound a bit silly to some, but you know, every time I sit at my desk before I even do it, there's like a checklist I have. And that, um, little flow chart thing you've seen, that's probably right at the top. And it's something simple. It's nothing, uh, you know, complicated, but you're not reminding yourself physically looking at it, reading it. It just makes it sink in better. So, you know, without proper planning, I don't know how you can actually trade. So these are the sort of rules I have. So one of them is like, you know, I'm not feeling well. You know, sometimes, you know, it's, it's amazing how when you're not feeling well, that's going to affect your, you know, your clarity of thought. And one little mistake in the markets, markets Ruthless, you got no second chance for that trade anyway. So I love my focus now is the clarity of thought, you know proper proper planning, not rushing in, so one way I have overcome is think slow in the sense where you know take your time whereas sometimes when I used to look at the charts, it just I used to be really fast like okay um but that's maybe because I want to be in the trade, but if I step back I'd be okay, is it really there is the plan? Is, is the setup I want there so if that makes sense
0: no, it does, and I love how you said that you search for clarity. And you try to think slow. I think those things are very important for a trader before they begin to trade for the day, before they even begin to prepare, as we're talking about right now. But easier said than done, right? How do you get yourself into that mindset? Do you meditate? What do you do to to get
1: into that zone? Well, one way is past experience. It hurts when I take a loss for silly reasons. And when you keep repeating it, you gotta ask yourself, what am I doing? Am I going to keep doing the same thing again and again and again? Because you're not getting anywhere if you carry on. So another rule I do is, you know, sometimes you have a setup, right? It it comes to you. So the way I say it is, let the setup come to me. When I feel like it's ready, then you can just see that's a high probability setup. But otherwise, what I used to do was, I could talk myself into any trade, open a chart and talk myself into it, even if it's not there. But letting it come to you is a whole different game the way I see it. So when I see everything line up, then I know, okay, that's a clear setup. Instead of chasing it, I let it come to me. So that's, that's the way I tackle it. And that may mean waiting. But so what? If you have to wait, you have to wait. You're in here for the long game. There's no rush. And another thing is like, fear of missing out so sometimes the way i handle it is and this is just mindset you know literally things i think uh, view the market as for example say if i've got a trade um lining up and i say oh i don't know but before i just enter it with, with that doubt but then i say okay there's going to be another chance to get on board and if it confirms my idea then getting on board later on is actually a higher probability play so it's like a double confirmation. So that means I may be getting on later, but I'm getting on with the probabilities in my favor. So that makes me remove that formal and allows me to wait then instead of feeling, oh, I missed it. Uh, you know what I
0: mean? Yeah, I do, because preparation is what creates patience. Uh, people want to be patient. They have to know what they're looking for. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of preparation i'm not sure I know anyone that prepares as much as you uh, you know I follow you <laughs> on your uh Twitter stream and on your private stream, and I know all traders work hard. We all prepare uh a lot yeah. and let's face it this is a, it's a, if you want to be successful, you have to do a lot of preparation in this business, but you really do do a lot of prep for yourself and for other traders. Give us a day of what preparation looks like for you.
1: So the way I see, I mean, a lot of the charts I post, they don't even trigger, but that's fine. So the way I do is like it's like a it's like a piece of the jigsaw. You know, sometimes I post a chart and people think, oh, I'm buying this. Like, you know, when it's busy, I'm bullish. Well, there's a difference between being bullish and taking trade. Two separate things. You know, SPX, right? I've been bearish for so long since the bot, like, you know, after the big drop we've had. But none of my shorts have triggered. So I've just been on the sideline, which is okay. I have a more swing trade approach. So I'm okay with that because I know that if it's a swing like if for a scalp, right, if you miss it, you miss it. But with a swing trade, there's many opportunities to get on board because you've got a big target. So a lot of my phase is just planning. So I always try from the higher time frame downwards. Um and just mark out scenarios. You know, many scenarios. Bullish. If I'm wrong, what do I do then? And if I miss the initial entry, how do I get on board? So I'm always marking at different, different plans. And then if everything lines up, then the triggers, so I'll have like like 10 plans and probably two will trigger. So that's, I'm okay with that, but that's because with time and experience it's taught me, it's okay to miss it. There will always be the next one. So yeah, that's what I do all day, just planning and planning and planning, always looking at outside of stuff, always focusing on my, myself. And this is something that's come with in the past more recently, past couple of years, just you know, making sure I'm following my rules. It's it's not it's so for me anyway. It's hard to be strict with the rules because there's so much like you know you want to pull the trigger, you want to make the money, but breaking the rules when you feel that pain of those silly losses. I don't mind taking a loss, but when you take a loss because of stupid reasons, that's what gets to me more. So if I'm planning, that makes me feel like I'm not just sitting there, if that makes sense, and I'm building. Um, a solid uh, prob- or higher probability trade idea. So when I do execute, it'll be worth my time. Whereas if I'm just hitting buy, buy, buy sell, sell all day long, it's just useless. On a personal note, the other day I caught myself doing just that. You
0: know, I thought I saw opportunity to make a, a couple of quick ticks. And next thing you know, just really kind of turned my day south. I was having a good day going. I actually tweeted about this. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's... It's so frustrating, but uh, you know what? Uh, and like I said, even in the tweet that I put out that, look, I I caught myself doing it. I said, where are you going with this? You already gave back enough money. You're done. Uh, and, you know, walk away. So I walked away. Went for a run. Just tried to get my mind clear, and, and that was it. You, you just got to step back and, and, and walk away. And I ended up feeling better when I did
1: that's the hard part walking away that walking away part that's the moment that from what you just said for me what stands out is the walking away how many can actually walk away that moment where a lot of people lose their rationality that one moment of madness that will cost you massively whereas you matured to a certain extent where you're able to walk away that for me took ages you know to master and it doesn't sound you know so fancy to people but it's so it was so pivotal to me to making to getting consistency so I'm stopping. I, I, like, like you said, we're all going to carry make mistakes. I make loads of mistakes. I like recently with the USD, I knew I should have, I should have just cut it. But I, you make less of it. So you know, as time goes by, we're all going to make mistakes, but the damage is less, and that's it. And the winner gainers are bigger, so overall you're profitable.
0: Yep, exactly. I want to. Con- I want to stay on preparation because I want to talk about your ten different scenarios. I think for a newer trader listening to this, that could be probably overwhelming for them coming into a day with ten different trading scenarios. How do you narrow it down to the opportunities that you're actually going to trade?
1: So, although I go over many markets, it's because I swing trade. It gives me like you know time, you know times on my side. But it's not as if it's like really short-term scalping where I can't. When I mean, this is kind of, it's going to be hard to, you know, look at 10 different markets. But if I'm swing trading, then I've got time on my hands, you know, like, you know, it'll take, it'll take oh, ages for this to trigger, that to trigger, that to trigger. And then I have my 10 main ones, or for example, say 10, and then I'll narrow it down to which one's close to triggering. So I don't know which way the market's going to go. You know, people say, oh, is it up or down? Well, I don't know. I've got my plan. So if, it follows my, if I'm bullish and follow my bullish plan, there's my trigger. But does that mean if it doesn't give me a trigger what about the bearish plan so I'm always open to switching my bias I will switch my bias in an instant I, I never marry a bias so I could be bullish all week everything bullish and then boom in an instant something can happen I gotta switch my bias so I've always been prepared for the other side now when I'm bullish I I, I don't like to counter trend but if I if I take a loss and everything lines up lines up, no matter how much preparation I've done there's two things I can do one step away or if, it's, if it's, there's an opportunity why not mitigate that loss and say okay I'm wrong switch it so that in that counter scenario allows me to mitigate my loss or completely just take that counter scenario if that's what the market is saying to me so another thing is the planning stage removes fear from me so I know that okay if this happens the fact that I've already planned the the other inverse scenario me for me psychologically that makes less emotional so I do whatever it takes for my trade to be less emotional. That's the planning stage. That's why I spend so much time planning because I've already anticipated, okay, I've accepted the fact I could be wrong, but if I am wrong, what am I going to do instead of just, I don't know? Well, you know, you are not going to last long if that's the case, is it?
0: Hey, everybody, a quick pause here to talk about FTSE Russell. They are a leading global provider of benchmarks, analytics, and data solutions. The Russell 2000 index is a key benchmark for small-cap US stocks. Be sure to check out the E-mini Russell 2000 Index Futures contract symbol RTY. For more information on FTSE Russell and their products, please visit ftserussell.com. So it's just as simple as you having a bullish or a bearish trade scenario and whichever market hits, whichever one on that day that's the one you're potentially going to be trading
1: that's it and also like you know i really leave limit orders as well so even when it does follow my plan there's certain steps that i need to see before i even pull the trigger so i'm trying to whatever i do for me in a way this is what works for me others like i think we have discussed this before where you know talk we spoke about limit orders some people can do it I, there's certain times i can do it uh where i've got a claim validation level. But for me, it makes it less emotional when I see, even when it comes to trigger point, certain steps or certain sequence of events, like my confirmation, to further increase the probability of the trade. So that's how I try to, it's all about for me, reducing the amount of emotion as possible. And these steps I take, reduce it. So it's all just a game of emotions for me, the way I see it. There's only so much, you know... You know, setups is going to get so much. You can work on the strategy. The rest is just sticking. And for me, doing these steps allow me to stick to my plan. How many markets are you trading right now? It's not as many as people actually think. Although I'm posting all day, um, you know what? Anything that sets up for me, really. <laughs> I mean, I haven't traded uh, ES in a while because um, nothing's set up for me or nothing's been clear for me. But um, at the moment, I mean, uh, I'm there's five. Right now, I'm in, or oh, three I'm in, and two I'm planning for. So it's mainly the majors FX, really.
0: When you talk about developing a scenario, bullish and bearish scenario for each market, walk us through how you develop that setup, that scenario. Are you using technical indicators, and tell us how all that works.
1: I usually, I mean, I don't use like the indicators in the sense of indicators like RSI or anything. It's mainly, um, I always love using the higher time frames. Because you know that's for swing trading. You gotta. So when I see yearly, okay, now as I mean, this all, it moves slow, but especially the quarterly, monthly, and weekly, that's my main focus. Because if I'm swing trading, market is always in some sort of range. So if I can identify a range on a weekly, then that gives me a swing enough of a swing move to or objective to reach for. So i mainly focus on what the weekly and monthly and daily are doing. Once they are lined up. Then even if I'm wrong on on my target, it ena- enables me to, you know, gain something.
0: I understand that you're using the higher time frames, but I don't understand how you're developing the scenarios. Is it just support and resistance you're using, or are you using technical indicators to help you develop that bias?
1: So yeah, it's mainly on. it's just about identifying what kind of range I'm in. I always look at the type of range where, for example, say um, the Euro GBP, that then probably be an easy one, but Euro GBP, once I've identified where we are, so if we're in like the Euro GBP chart I sent you, we're in a weekly range, I've marked out you know where it's capped within, and then I always mark out the middle point, so if it's come off the range high and it's below the mid-range, then probability-wise... If I'm still bearish, it's going to aim towards the range low. So once I've identified a weekly range, I'll zoom in and find a daily range. And within that, I'll find a H4 range. So just normal horizontal SR. That's it. If one breaks, then I'm aiming for the next level. If one, that breaks. It's quite simple, really It's It's complicated, but just sticking to it is the hard part.
0: <laughs> okay, I understand that you're using the higher time frames and you're using just basic support and resistance. Yeah. So my next question yeah, is, are you just trading off of those support and resistance levels, or are you trading breakouts? How does that work?
1: Um, both, really, a bit of both. Um, if I'm unsure, then i always wait for that breakout, because once we break out at one range, we're going to go to expansion phase and go to another range. So it depends on where I'm in. So in this environment, it's still a trending market, so I prefer the breakout place, me pre- uh, um Personally, but when it's range bound, it's just as soon as it's come to support, if I see what I want to see, play back into the range high, back and forward, up and down. So it's about identifying what kind of profile we're in as well. Let's move on and talk about the anticipation phase
0: because this was uh, the part in my video where. I said, we don't talk about anticipation enough. And then when I went and saw what you had at the top of your uh, Twitter homepage, I really wanted to talk with you about today. And we understand your mindset. We understand your preparation, how your trades are setting up. Now, what's your mindset like when you're anticipating the trades now? We talked about this is the phase where a lot of traders get in trouble because they're waiting for their trades. What's your mindset like when you're waiting for trades?
1: I think I've just become emotionless in that sense where, you know, that planning stage we just spoke about, fighting that urge (laughs) to go for the trigger. Like a lot of the time, cable, for example, right? There's so many times I wanted to enter early, but it's that waiting period that, and past experience where I know I'm messed up if I take it early. So it's just, I know what I need to see. So that waiting period where if this has happened, if it happens, then I can enter. If it doesn't happen... That I won't. So it's just waiting, really. I mean, i block out everything else until it does what I need to, to do. So, for example, like, it comes to a point where I sent you a cable chart. It's only triggered now, okay? Now, I'm thinking to myself, what if I missed out on about 30, 40 pips for that trigger? Why can't I get them before? So the way I overcome it is, okay, if I do want to enter a bit earlier, then... What do I do? I reduce my risk because the trade is still valid, but the probability is not high enough. I'm always looking at what do I need to see to increase the probability? Always it's all about probability for me. So if the prob- the setup is valid but the lower probable, then I'll take a smaller risk. So that helps me emotionally, makes it easier for me. And then as it confirms the plan, the probability is higher, then I can up my risk. So it's just that's it really. <laughs>
0: Are you working limit orders at these areas to get in, or are you waiting for the areas to test and then you get in?
1: Wait there, test, and then get in. I, I Yeah, I don't really work the order. just scale in small, and then as soon as it confirms, then I'll go in full size or load roll the, roll the rest on.
0: As many people know that listen to this show or follow me on social media, I always talk about waiting for the reactions. That's one of the most important aspects of – executing a strategy for me is waiting to see if the market respects my area and then I get in especially in these conditions i'm almost n- never working in 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 order to get in at any area unless i have so many confirmations there that i would just want to put on even at that point just a feeler a tester to see how the market reacts when it uh, when it gets filled because i want to see all areas get tested before I get in. So I have a scenario for you. What do you do in a situation where this happened to me recently, it's happened to me quite a, quite often recently, actually, where you wait for an area to test and it hits your area and then just explodes off of it, right? You had no way of getting in. It just hit it and just got the exact response you wanted. And, and now you're sitting there going, <laughs> Now what? How do you execute that trade?
1: So the way I tackle that is I work backwards. I work out where am I wrong on the idea. So for me, when when that kind of situation, I don't care about my precision entry at that point. As long as I know where I'm wrong, a lot of the times will see me enter it's in the middle of nowhere. But that's based on I know where I'm wrong completely. So no matter what happens, that is where I'm wrong. That's my invalidation. Now, has the have I got enough room for a decent, at least one to one risk reward? If I do, then that removes that formula. Like, okay, that's fine then. At least I'll get something rather than nothing. So if I, any market, most of the time, the first thing I'm focusing on is where am I wrong? That removes like you know, a lot of people focus on, I need that entry. Obviously, if you're a scalper, that's different. But with swing trading, it doesn't really matter. Well, for me anyway. So, like, there's a a Cadian trade I took. And I missed a lot of it. But it was still had, my target hadn't been reached. And I had a clear invalidation level. So I just entered it and eventually hit my my, my target. So it sort of removes, you know, waiting for that entry. Because a lot of the time we wait for a specific retest. Or it has to give me that pullback. Well, if it's in this kind of environment, it's not always going to give you the pullback. So for me, what makes it easy is as soon as I can identify an invalidation level, then I've I, I got to come to a decision where, okay, do I, what's the probability of a pullback? And if it's a really fast moving market, then I'm okay with entering. At market, as long as decent risk to reward, I don't know where I'm wrong. So as long as it hasn't hit my invalidation level, then that's okay. Second trade
0: first, folks. How many times have I said it on this show, on social media? Know what you're getting out before you're getting in. Where you're wrong is the most important part of any trade. I love the way you put that, SC. I have w- another scenario for you. Let's say that the market gets to an area that you liked, and it blows right through it but it doesn't hit your stop price and the market comes back up or down and it gets back above or below the area that you originally were interested in getting in. How do you execute that trade?
1: See, you know what's funny, right? You mentioned that because cable did that today to me. I was long cable and I had to cut it early, okay? Now, I posted a chart, so when you post it, you'll see it. Where I've got my arrow on that chart on cable, you'll say, hang on a minute, this guy's posted it like 80 pips up. So that I wouldn't look at that just for entry. I'd look at that as where the arrow is, that would confirm my invalidation to me. So when the market was dropping, I didn't know what I was going to be wrong. And I didn't know if the trade's going to work. But the fact that where I've got my arrow on the cable chart says to me, forget the entry, it's confirmed my invalidation level. So as soon as it confirmed, I just entered that market. Because now I know where I'm wrong. Now it's it's followed my plan. Whereas early I didn't know because you went down a lot deeper than I expected. So then I think, okay. But then obviously markets not always gonna follow your plan perfectly. Sometimes it's gonna do that. So it was a bit of a deeper than I expected. But as soon as it did that, then I knew where I was wrong. So I'll wait. So if it doesn't if it goes a bit deeper and keeps smash the level I wanted, then I'll just leave it. And then I'll see what it does. And if it does go back and the plan is still valid later on. So for that example, the cable is a perfect example of that. The arrow tells me that my I've got, a, I've got a clear invalidation now. I know exactly where I'm wrong. Now it's just a matter of fact. Do I enter a market or do I wait for the pullback? In this case, I've just entered a market because <clears throat> it's a high probability to, uh, trade for me. And then even with that, if I want to add more size to it, well, each time I get a new invalidation level and my target hasn't been reached yet, I can always add on later on the more invalidations, the newer invalidation levels I get. So that removes my feeling if I have that at the time. I haven't got enough size on. When well, you can overcome it, just wait for it to give you a new violation. But the main thing is I'm in something rather than just bitching about the perfect entry.
0: I think we're touching on such an important point here. And I want to go back to your preparation because looking at all of the charts you put out, I would I would bet almost anything that a vast majority of the traders that look at your charts at your preparation are only looking at the entries and the exits the where with the profit areas they're probably not as focused on the stop prices they're probably aware of them but they're more focused on the entry and and in reality after speaking with you today very similar to me same actually the most important aspect of your preparation is where your trades are not validated where the stop prices are because those are far more important than the entries and you're actually getting in more based upon the stop price than you are the entries you're putting out there
1: yeah yeah exactly that's exactly how i do and that took me ages to realize because i can understand how people feel because i was like that in the sense where the entry but why worry about that because you know, when I see people, oh, I'm gonna buy at the 1.3 level because it's psychological level, well, I'm gonna test the position. I never understood that. Uh, it didn't sit right with me. I'm not saying it doesn't work, of course, it works for people, but for me, it didn't. So, why not just wait, let it confirm your idea by giving you an invalidation level? And then, when you've got that, then you can enter anywhere, then, doesn't it? Because the probabilities are in your favor. Whereas, if you're just guessing and I'll scale in here, 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 well, it could just keep going. Do you know what I mean? So if you were buying the ES while the crash was happening, well, this will happen.
0: Hey, everybody. I want to take a quick pause and talk about RJO Futures. They are a longstanding brokerage firm with personal broker relationships to learn, discuss, and trade the futures markets. To learn more about RJO Futures, please visit rjofutures.com. Okay, last scenario for you. I know how you like to look at the longer term charts and that's what gives you your bullish or bearish bias. And then you said that you go down to a little bit of a shorter term chart and that's where you develop your scenarios. Well, what do you do as a swing trader when the longer term chart is bullish or bearish, doesn't matter, and the shorter term chart is agreeing with that bullish or bearish bias on the longer term but the shorter term gets you out of a trade that that trade doesn't work and then you go back to your homework and and your preparation and you say the longer term would tell me to still be in this trade as a swing trader i'm curious how do you handle those types of situations
1: okay so the for me the way i tackle it two ways one I just stay out unless it's crystal clear where things start to turn in in my favor. Two is I switch my trading about a bit in the sense where this is where the ranges help me so much because I know that that although I'm bearish bigger picture, the counter trend move may be a bit deeper than I would like. So I do whatever I do on the weekly, daily, I do exactly the same thing on like say the daily H4 and H1. So for me it's just time frame is just a mental thing for me then in that sense right okay if I'm counter-trend trading I know it's counter-trend so it's going to be more shorter lived but I approach it from a shorter term perspective then so if my weekly in my mind is now become the daily my daily has now become the h4 h1 I just do the same thing so but because it's counter-trend I'm quicker to take profits and my stops are tighter so it's just the exact same process but like a fractal on a lower time frame, I do so that helps me easier. And like I said, the ranges once I, I can identify where we are, then it's just the exact same process. If I'm looking at a weekly chart, forget the fact that it's a weekly, it could be a H1, but the the market, the price action, or the plan I use is exactly the same. Does that make sense? It's just my mind, it's just my mind, it, it's different because when you think of the weekly, a lot of people their mind sh- sh- shifts. But if I just tell myself, even though it's a H1, I'll pretend it's a weekly in my head. It just makes it easy for me. If I approach that way, people think, oh, that's silly. But no, it works for me. It works for me. So what? whoever cares, whoever else thinks. So I'm an a one child, but the same process is on a lower time frame. It's quicker and shorter lived. That's the only difference, really. But the, the process is exactly the same.
0: Yeah, I agree. Your process is your process. No matter what time frame I'm trading my process on, my, my strategy on, the process is the same. A question I have for you, you mentioned taking trades with the trend or counter-trend trades. For me, if I have a trade that's with the trend, I will up my position sizing. I'll probably trade more aggressively. I'll take on more risk. If I'm trading against the trend, unless there's a lot of confirmation, I'll typically trade a little bit smaller. Do you adjust your position sizes based upon trading with or against the trend?
1: Uh, it varies. I mean, even counter trend, I see such a high probability profile uh, setup that I'll, I'm happy to use higher risk. Whereas, if it's a bit unclear to me and I am counter trending, normally, usually, to make it simple, usually, if I believe it's counter trend and short lived, I use smaller size. But that's just, so, I mean, I don't think it's the right or wrong way of doing it. It's just how I feel comfortable. And at the end of the day, you've got to make trading adjust to your own style. So, if that makes me feel comfortable, then I'll do that. So, but whereas if I'm in sync with a higher time frame and everything's lined up, then I'll push my uh, risk up. I'll milk it, put my foot on the gas. Whereas if I'm counter-trend, but it could still be bearish, the flow is still against me, but I'm swimming against the tide, then I'll reduce my risk. So, yeah, that's how I do it. Some excellent
0: points, man. And, and I want to touch base on a couple of things. First is is that when people ask me, and I'm sure they ask you this all the time as well, like how big do you trade? Well, it always depends on my contract size that is always going to be determined on how far away I am from the stop price. Okay. So that's one thing. And secondly, it always depends on how much I'm going to take on, how much risk I'm going to take on in each situation. Mm. I have a risk amount that I'm comfortable with for the day and per trade. And, If the situation presents itself to where everything is lined up, then I'm going to take full risk. But if not everything is lined up, I'm going to trade a little bit smaller. There's just no way to determine an exact contract size going into every day how much I'm going to be trading because every situation is going to be a little bit different. I look at my trades just from today. I mean, I had a a range of size of positions on because I just think that not every trade is the same. So why would you treat every trade the same?
1: It's true. That's the hard part of it. So it's not always black and white. That's why I'm okay with the... Gray. Trading for me is living... In, being okay, living in the grey. It's not always black and white. When you when you accept living in the grey, then for me, it's just emotionally just easier to handle. Also, if I'm counter on trading, I'm more aggressive in either cutting the position or acting, reacting to it. Whereas if, you, if I'm in sync... The probabilities are my favorite. I could be a bit more relaxed. But if I am going to counter trend, then I'm going to be more alert.
0: Absolutely. You know, when I'm going against the primary trend of a market, I mean, right now in the S&P, it's hard to determine kind of what the primary trend is. I probably still think it's down. But anyway, if I'm going against the primary trend of the market, I am going to, if I'm into a full position, I am going to be so quick to turn out, turn and burn out of some of those exactly. compared to <laughs> if I'm going with the trend. And if if all of my timeframes are aligned and, and all of my correlations, let's say I'm trading S&P and I see the Russell, the Dow and the NASDAQ all giving me the same confirmations on all their timeframes and I'm in a trade. I am not gonna be in a hurry to turn out of that trade. I'm gonna try and be in a full position and trying to ride that as long and as far as I can because everything is in line. If I'm in a situation where I'm going against a trend, some things are looking good, NASDAQ's down on uh, over here, or Russell is down today, then I might be turning and burning real quick if I'm going against what is primary trend or I don't have confirmation ac- across the board. Uh, That is such an important point, and and thank you so much for making that. But I could talk all day about execution, but I have some rapid-fire questions next if you're ready for those.
1: Yep, ready when you are.
0: All right, everybody. Our rapid-fire segment is sponsored by Trading Technologies. Trade the global markets with TT. They are the world's fastest commercially available futures trading platform. Now with integrated tools for advanced options trading, cryptocurrencies, and trade surveillance. You can try it now for free at tryttnow.com. Now, SZ, I'm not doing my uh, standard rapid fire with you. We've already done that. What I wanted to do was have you give me five markets, which you already did. And then we talked a lot today about process. We talked a lot about trade anticipation. So I'm going to ask you about five markets that you're either in or or anticipating a trade. And then you're going to walk us through your process for trading those markets so
1: first market i have for you is gold okay so looking at gold okay so what i've got is i've got that key weekly level and i've got the two black lines range high range low now i don't know how deep it's going to deviate below that weekly level or not what that what the range high range low says to me is if it gets back above it and that says to me i've got a new i've got an invalidation level which means i can enter the trade because i know where i'm wrong so what I'm waiting for is where that got that arrow. If it follows that plan, gets above the range high, I can go for the trigger, and my invalidation level becomes the swing low, at the just below the by the range low. So then I can go I can go for the, the trigger because above my weekly level, and it's and then that trigger system is ready to expand, and it's broken out of the range. So I've got two targets. One's a day trade target, and why I've got a higher time frame target, HTF target, because on a higher time frame, it's bullish. So that day trade could evolve into a swing trade. So rather milk it than just close it. Dollar Yen. Uh, <clears throat> so if I get my dollar Yen out. So dollar Yen, I've got... Now dollar Yen has been a market where um, it's been tricky for me. I haven't retraded much. But what I know is it's been now below my key weekly level, which is the 108.12, that thick green line. Now we've been stuck in a range. So the black... Where I've got the arrow that horizontal line there would say to me, if it breaks that, we're ready to expand and I'm bearish the dollar index so, and in and the equities. So if it breaks, that means we're ready to break out the range. So once it's broken out, I'm going, trying to gain with momentum rather than just keep playing the chop up and down. That breakdown would say to me, okay, we should be ready now. It's had multiple touches. So I'm going to target Monday, uh, an old Monday's low, um, target one. If it breaks that, then the target two is with the red line. That's it euro aussie so with the euro aussie that's more of a macro play in the sense where um in the quarter is lining up so as you can see it's come to uh we've we've touched the weekly level to the left and then it's come down to a key daily level now what i need to see is, is this a low or not so where i've got the two green lines the consolidation that led to the uh drop into the uh, that black level where i've got the x if it breaks back above that, that's my breaking structure, which says to me, that's my bullish confirmation. If I get a daily close above that, that would say to me I've got invalidation level, X. So the way I approach that would be I'm happy to enter on a daily close. As soon as it closes bullish on the daily, that says to me the low probability, why the low should be in. And then I'll go for the trigger. And because it's based off a quarterly chart, I've got a target one, which is a couple of hundred points. And then target two, (laughs) is going to laugh at this, nearly 2,000 points. But yeah, Euro-wise, he's done like 1,500 points in one night in this environment. So yeah, in bigger picture, says to me a massive upside on that. So yeah, those are my two targets on that. Just wait for that daily close. If it gives me that, then I enter. If it doesn't, I'll leave you alone. Euro-GBP. Now, Euro-GBP is one of my favourite ones now. I was unable to catch... Uh, from the top, but that's fine. Where I'm catching at is in the middle, but the probability is higher. Now, because I'm very, very bullish sterling more than euro, um, this is a range play within a weekly. So, if you mark out those two weekly range high and range low, you'll see on a weekly chart, you'll see where we are within the range. And it's just a imagine if it was a day uh, H4 chart, just be playing from one side to the other. Now, what I did was I waited for the mid range to break because if it breaks the mid range, that says to me we should go work towards the weekly range low. It doesn't mean I'm going to hold it. have to hold it to that, but it gives me a target, uh, a trade to work towards. So what I've done is where I've got my first arrow, that's triggered for me already. And where I've got my X, that's my stop. If it goes above the mid range and holds, that would be my exit. And then where I've got the second arrow is another SR level on this way down. If that breaks, that means I can trail my stops and add another position on. Or if I was on board there, then the second arrow would say to me, the probability is higher now because each time an SR level breaks to the downside, the probability increases further. And as long as he hasn't hit my target, I've got a good target to reach for. I'm looking to compound there. Last one is GBP USD. GBP USD is probably my favorite. So if I look, um, this was what I got squeezed on it earlier, but I think now that he reached, so I've got my Monday's range. Um, it's taken out the low of the week. Now, where I've got my arrow says to me, it's not just for an entry, it says to me the invalidation level is in. So, there I've, I've, I've entered that already right now. Um, so, if I look at it right now, it's it retested it. So, it, for me, the entry precision is important. Even though it's like a 90, over 90 pip stop, I know the higher time frame suggests a lot, lot higher. So, I'm in. So, I'm in that. My stop is low of the week because now it's confirmed my invalidation level. and uh, my target target one's towards one twenty six seventy, but I believe it's, I'll manage it accordingly. But even if you hit target one, that's more than one hour uh, one point five R for me. But yeah, I'm, that's one trade I think we've got massive upside. If I'm correct on the dollar index bearishness, this should go a lot higher. So yeah. Once it's the invalid this is an example of what we spoke about earlier. I don't care where I'm entering at because the 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 whole overall idea is is valid. So as soon as he gave me the invalidation level, that's it, I hit our market. I didn't even need to look and as long as it's got decent risk to road more than one-to-one and high probability, it's green light for Trigger.
0: Great insight as always, my friend. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Just a heads up for everybody that's listening on YouTube or iTunes or anywhere else where you can listen to our podcast. All of those charts will be posted on futuresradioshow.com. where SZ's post is listed so be sure to check that out. SC, where can people follow you on Twitter and give us a website to check out?
1: Uh my Twitter's my handle is at trader1 z and my website is traderz.com.
0: What can I say, SC? It's always a blast having you on the show, chatting with you. <laughs> and you know what? I just got to thinking I didn't even mention coronavirus today. We didn't even talk about it. It's got to be the first show I've done in a month without talking about coronavirus. How are things going for you?
1: Yeah, I'm on lockdown. I'm actually high risk as well, so I'm double isolating. So yeah, it's still lockdown in the UK. So getting cabin fever now. So <laughs> when is it gonna be over? <laughs>
0: I know, right? I mean, I'm on lockdown myself, and I'm lucky that I'm in Florida. The weather's good, but I'm itching to get out and uh, see some people, man.
1: But you know, I'm. Um, don't you think about how lucky we are as traders? You well, know, this our lifestyle anyway. But still, it's just imagine if we weren't traders. Sitting at home, you no, know, like a normal job. Oh, I know. I've been busy
0: all day, nonstop.
1: Yeah, yeah I've been busy than normal.
0: How about it, right? <laughs> I mean, from trading to podcasting, I've been going nonstop. So, hey, like you said, man, we are fortunate to be in this position to be able to trade from home with all the action we've been getting in the markets. I just want to wish you well, wish everybody listening well. All the best with you and your trading. And... Take care and and be healthy and safe during this time, my friend. And and thank you again so much for joining me today on Futures Radio Show.
1: You too. Thank you for having me on, Anthony.
0: Thank you for listening to Futures Radio Show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. You can listen to all of our episodes on FuturesRadioShow.com, iTunes, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher.